plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Hello, Power Partners. Welcome to our informational playground. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. I'm your host, Cynthia Bryan. I am coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and we are brought to the airwaves under the species of Be the Star You Are charity. We want to catapult you beyond the stars and help you imagine your dreams as if they've already transpired and live them every day because act like you have everything you need to be the writer, producer, director, and star of your life, and you will. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. The Pear and Wine Festival is coming up on September 24th. You can visit our website, bethestarur.org. And we want to just give a shout out to two sponsors, MB Jesse Painting and La Marinda Weekly. And you can find their uh, websites uh, on our newsletter and in our blogs as well. So bethestarur.org, we'll have that information there. This was written by John F. Kennedy, former president John F. Kennedy. Take a deep breath of life and consider how it should be lived. The highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. And this week has been really a challenging week for me. And I'll, I'll tell you that in just a little bit. But let me tell you what's coming up in this show If you have extra veggies or fruit in your vegetable garden or just in your, you know, patio or your balcony and you don't know what to do with it, have you ever thought about canning? I know people think it's going to be so hard, but it's really pretty simple. There's some easy ways to preserve the goodies for the winter. So I'm going to just tell you a little about that. Plants that are considered toxic or poisonous to people are usually poisonous to animals as well. So in segment two, if your dog, cat, gerbil, whatever, are eating flowers, you need to know which flowers to keep your furry friends healthy and happy and which ones to stay away from. And it is still summer. We've got about a month, a little bit, a month and a few days left. So let's make the living room our outside, find out how spaces to gather, dine, lounge, and play have been moving from the inside out, and we can just enjoy being in nature. And yes, it has been hot, so we do want to be, I don't know, outside it's really muggy here in Northern California today, very hot and and stuffy, uh, no no wind, although this morning was really Overcast had a it seemed like it was going to drizzle, but it didn't. But I saw a double rainbow and it was so great. I tried to capture it with a picture. It didn't turn out all that great. But anyway, um, kids are back in school for the most part. It's so different from when I was growing up. We didn't go back until after Labor Day. 
And, you know, of course, we didn't get out of school till mid-June, but that seemed totally reasonable because it wasn't very warm yet. And August is usually like one of the hottest months. So August was always a great vacation time or a time to be swimming. But today, our youth are back in the classroom in August in our area. They started last week. Some school districts, the curriculum is completed uh, by the end of May. Now, many schools are struggling with getting enough supplies to enrich their students. And if you have the means, perhaps you want to donate a few items that teachers can use in your local schools. And, you know, that way everybody wins. And with school back in session, we have to remember to drive safely and slowly through areas when children are present. And well, actually, it's probably a good idea to drive rather safely and slowly at all times. You don't want to get a ticket and you don't want to get in an accident and you don't want to, you know, drive distracted. So I just wanted to tell you about the past uh, week. I mentioned it a bit uh, uh, last week on the radio when I said that my LinkedIn account had been hacked. Well, I spent over 40 hours on tech support for a variety of issues um, on tech support with Hewlett Packard, who that does have phone support, Microsoft that has chat and phone, GoDaddy that has chat and phone, Buffalo that has phone, but LinkedIn didn't have any chat or phone support. And it was really infuriating and exhausting trying to find a remedy to uh, get my my hacked and then eventually it was a deleted account um, back up because my emails and passwords were blocked. Josh, my engineer, was trying to help me um, by giving me information on you know other places and looking on LinkedIn to see where it was, but it actually was gone. And I tried Facebook um, and posting things there, but didn't get any help. And so I went to Twitter. And I have to say, Twitter to the rescue. I found a LinkedIn support person on Twitter. It looked like it had the LinkedIn logo. Um, wasn't sure if I was going to be getting, you know, another hacker or the true LinkedIn. So I just sent kind of a brief message. But sure enough, the that LinkedIn support person on Twitter opened a case within three days. And my um, my hacked account was back up and running by this past Sunday. But it was a whole, a whole um, week of craziness. And I think what was so frustrating is whoever hacked it, and if you're listening, you know, shame on you, they sent out emails to um, lots and lots of men. They put a different picture up of me. It wasn't me. They put somebody else's picture. And they sent out these uh, notes, personal, you know, I, uh, messages to all these men saying that I wanted to be good friends. And obviously, m- probably many of the responses were rather lewd because LinkedIn deleted them. I couldn't read them, but I could see uh, I could see this whole list of, of people who had responded. So that made me think about the safety of our kids. And, you know, they use their phones for their livelihood. I just I, I really don't I'm not on the phone. I, I use my computer more. So we have to really always encourage the the two-step verification, changing the passwords, not sharing any personal information. I mean, I really found the LinkedIn hacking to be so disruptive, intrusive, upsetting, 
And I certainly wouldn't want our kids to experience any weirdos online. And, you know, speaking of passwords, the password that I had on LinkedIn was the craziest, weirdest password. I could never remember it. Um, so how anybody figured it out, I have no idea because it was one of those generated, you know, really crazy ones. Now, on a very exciting and positive note, my newest book is a children's picture book called No Barnyard Bullies. And it's the first book in the series that is called Stella Bella's Barnyard Adventures. Uh, it's really going to delight the little ones, maybe all of you big ones, too. It's based on true life stories that have happened to animals that I have adopted over the years since growing up on the farm. And I'm not exactly sure when it's going to be available. It's going to be before the end of the year. But we're starting the pre-sales now with a discount. And you'll get special gifts when the book actually comes out. And the proceeds of every book are going to benefit Be the Star You Are, where we really care, care about kids. So if you want to um, get a discount and pre-order the books, and you, uh, or if you want to buy multiples, um, you can contact me because there's a discount if you get premium sales or if you get bulk sales. But uh, the book is going to be listed at $14.95, and uh, for all the pre-orders, it's going to be $12.95 plus goodies. So you can go to CynthiaBryan.com, click on the Star Style Store, and you will see what's happening. Uh, and then another announcement is I hope that you'll come if you are in the San Francisco Bay Area on Saturday, September 24th. Come to the Pear and Wine Festival that is going to be held at Moraga Commons. It's a beautiful, beautiful location under these oak trees and by a creek and has wonderful play facilities for kids and a, a big bandstand. Uh, Be the Star, you will have a booth. Our our t Express Yourself teen reporters will be there. I will be there. We'll be providing lots of free activities for kids, reading circles. We'll have giveaways. We'll be selling some books. Of course, you can make donations if you want. Um, but other things at the festival are just terrific. There's live music. There's pie eating contests, you know, wine tastings, inflatables for kids, lots of arts and crafts. It's just a really fun family day, you know, kind of one of those old-fashioned things that people absolutely love. Uh, there is more information at bethestarur.org. And then again, just a reminder that, you know, basic school supplies, the costs have greatly increased. So it would be great if you can um, help your school and, you know, just present them with some simple, simple gifts that everybody's going to need. I brought a couple of boxes of um, supplies to a local school last week, and they were so, so grateful. So, you know, that's all very, it's all good things. It, it brings you good karma. Well, now getting to my segment about canned foods. When, um, when I was young, that was a major thing of summer was canning because Growing up on the farm, we had big, big vegetable gardens. We also had a vegetable and fruit stand and, uh, you know, local, well, anybody could come out to the farm and do what they called you pick. Um, and they'd get to go out into the fields. And, of course, they'd eat 
as much as they possibly could. And then they would pick whatever. And the prices were always really inexpensive. And, and people just loved that experience. But when we had a lot of extra vegetables or fruit, we canned them. And it was quite the process, but from beans and tomatoes and peaches and apricots and, and pears and plums and cherries, you know, we make brandied cherries, we made all kinds of jams. But I just want to give you some ideas of what you could do that would be really rather easy. Now, everybody's had that moment when you uh, grab a can of food from the back of your cupboard and you think to yourself, is this still good? I mean, how long has it been here? I mean, and how long is too long? And do canned foods ever expire? Now, these are really good questions because you don't want to eat spoiled food, you know, and get really sick because you can get really, really sick and get food poisoning. So let me just tell you how canning works. It is a food preservation technique where you heat the food in a container to kill the bacteria, and then it produces a vacuum effect which removes the oxygen from the container, and without oxygen, bacteria can't survive and reproduce. So as long as the can remains sealed, canned food is safe to eat. Now, there was a case that 100-year-old canned foods, a bunch of them, were found in a shipwreck. And they were tested, and they showed absolutely no signs of microbial growth. Of course, they probably didn't taste very good. They probably had no vitamins or anything in it, and they probably didn't look that good, but they had no, but they were still fine as far as health goes. So, food quality versus food safety. If properly canned foods will last indefinitely, what do the so-called expiration dates printed on commercially canned foods mean? Now, my husband's a big he just looks at these expiration dates and he wants to toss stuff. Fortunately, we have a barnyard and the animals will eat everything. So nothing goes to waste. But it makes me crazy because I know that those dates, commonly known as use by dates or sell by dates, they have absolutely nothing to do with food safety. Instead, what they indicate is the dates by which the manufacturer estimates the food will have lost quality freshness, or nutritional value. So though the cans from the shipwreck, as I said, they didn't show any sign of spoilage, you know, they obviously had no, had, they had no nutritional uh, value probably. But um, so, so it might not be good to keep them too long, uh, but you can. So unless the, if the can is dented, if anything is leaking out of it, um, then you want to get rid of it. That would that would indicate a food safety issue. So, you know, don't worry so much about the dates. I mean, the protein and mineral content would probably remain unchanged, even though the vitamin content might be low. Um, so if they pass their use-by dates, they're still safe to eat, and um, that's good to know. So there are high acid foods and low acid foods. And if you're familiar with food preservation techniques in general, you know that acid is one of the factors that controls the growth of bacteria that, um, you know, causing food spoilage and food poisoning. So the more acidic the food, the less it will sustain, sustain bacterial growth. So in terms of spoilage, acid is a good thing. And acids added to canned foods as an additional preservation are good things, like vinegar. 
Now, when it comes to shelf life, high acid foods like tomatoes, canned tomatoes, canned fruits, juices, pickled foods, they have a shorter shelf life as measured by their use-by dates, um, you know, more so than the low acid foods like, you know, meats or pastas or vegetables or stews. So low acid canned foods have a shelf life usually of two to five years, whereas high acid foods have a shelf life of maybe 12 to 18 months. But when it comes to home canned foods, then we have to be just a little bit stricter and maybe only use them for um, 12 months. So the best way to store canned foods is in a cool, dry space, like a pantry or in cupboards that you're not going to have any extreme temperatures. Um, You don't want to put them over the stove, you know, or not next to the stove because extreme temperatures and moisture, they result in heat and rust and that can affect the quality and the safety. So, you know, if that can is rusted, don't open it. And once any can is opened, any unused portion should be put into a storage container covered and put in the refrigerator. And that will last anywhere from, you know, three to seven days. So you don't want to go longer than that. Um, does the canned food actually go bad? It's really rare. Commercially canned food can definitely go bad, but it is rare. And those obvious signs, as I said, are the leaking, the dents, the rust, or the bulging. I mean, small dents are okay, but it's, if it's deep enough for you to put your finger into, it's too deep, the can needs to be discarded. And again, the same is true for rusty. If you can wipe the rust off the can, it's fine. But if there's severe rust, it's possible that the walls of the can could have been corroded and bacteria could have entered. And as I mentioned in the beginning, the canning process removes the oxygen to prevent the growth of bacteria. But one bacterial exception is the botulism toxin. It is produced by a spore that can survive without oxygen, like in a vacuum sealed can. And uh, botulism can be a fatal illness. It's very rare, but The good news about botulism, it does produce a gas that causes the cans to bulge. So if you have a bulging can, that is a good indicator that there is a botulism infection. And overall, whatever the cause, bulging cans are a sign that food is not safe and the can should be discarded without opening. Now, um, again, uh, talking about extreme, uh, extreme temperatures, if a canned food has been exposed to either really hot or either cold or really cold, they could also suffer uh, quality and safety issues. So that could lead to spoilage. You don't want cans that have been frozen and then thawed. That could be potentially unsafe because when a can freezes, the contents swell and swellings could be a sign of botulism contamination. So you want to I discard it. And even if the can is in good shape, the food inside, if it looks or smells bad, just don't risk it. I just had um, a can of salmon that was from actually some salmon that uh, my son had caught that he had had put in a can. And I saw that the can was just slightly leaking. And as much as I wanted to eat it, I thought, No, I think that's not a good idea. So when it comes to eating anything from canned foods, it's just great to remember that there is a very invaluable adage, and that is 
when in doubt, throw it out. <laughs> and I will, in another segment, uh, talk about how easy it is to uh, do some quick canning just with um, some vinegar, uh, lemon juice, and uh, salt in another segment. But you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And when we come back, we will be discussing pets, plants, and poisons. And we really don't want your pets to be poisoned by plants because I love both of them. So I'm going to give you some insights. Don't go away. You are listening to Star Style. Be the star you are on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. Be back. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called... Well, Henry Ward Beecher wrote, Flowers have an expression of continence as much as men or animals. Some even seem to smile. Some have a sad expression. Some are pensive and diffident. Others, again, are plain, honest, and upright. And I want to add... And some are very poisonous. (laughs) Now, since I was growing up on a farm, um, I have always adopted and raised just about every type of creature, both domesticated and wild. I mean, we had 
dogs, cats, rabbits, squirrels, chickens, ducks, geese, cows, horses, sheep, ponies, deer, birds, pigs, goats, uh, you know, more and, and just more. We roamed the barnyard, <laughs> you know, donkeys, steer, crazy. But um, we didn't, my family never allowed any indoor pets. So all of our animal friends were outside. They all had houses and all of that, but they would follow us around our uh, our ranch and our expansive gardens and orchards as we did our trees, our, our chores. And sometimes they would nibble on roses or they would gnaw on low voltage wires. <laughs> Fortunately, they never got sick. And it seemed that our animals had an innate knowledge of what plant was poisonous. And then they stayed clear of all of those plants, you know, including the ones that we as humans know are poisonous, like oleander and digitalis and hemlock and hundreds of other toxic specimens. Well, recently I was hired by a lovely client to provide a colorful garden design for her family's backyard. Now, the caveat to the project was that they have a sweet little puppy who literally will eat anything growing. And I was like, I couldn't even, I couldn't believe that at first. But while we walked around the yard, the pooch did indeed sample everything. And when I submitted my suggested planting list, I was really confident that my choices would be fine with a plant-eating pet. But I was wrong. Several of my choices could have caused health issues, depending on the amount consumed, any potential allergies, or other matters. Now, in general, plants that are considered toxic or poisonous to people are poisonous to most animals. For example, although humans enjoy many types of mushrooms, there are numerous lethal mushrooms when ingested. Now, if your pet nibbles on any mushroom in the wild, you have to treat it as toxic. There have been instances when a plant that is safe for humans has been poisonous to an animal. And one of the reasons for that is that animals normally eat larger portions of the plant, and then that can result in a greater problem to the pet. So, I obviously had to go back to the drawing board to research a list of non-ruinous flowers. And it became very apparent to me that there were just contradictions and confusions everywhere. You know, in one report, a specimen would be listed as safe. And then in another, it was listed as dangerous. And I thought it was important to invest investigate the scientific name as well as the family name. I'll give you an example. There are a thousand species and over 10,000 hybrids of begonia. The scientific name is begonia SPP. The family name is begoniaceae, and these are toxic. Whereas climbing begonia, which is known as Rex begonia, with a scientific name of Cissus dicolor and a family of Vitisae, they're fine and they won't hurt your pet or human. Now the health and age and size of the pet as well as how much they devour is a factor in whether your pet will be affected. I found a website that I think is a good guide for plants that are toxic to dogs and that's at the ASPCA. So you can just go to ASPCA.org 
And uh, the, you'll see a, a link that'll take you to pet care, animal poison control, uh, dogs plant list. I think they had a cat plant list as well. But I've decided that maybe that is one of the better sites because after going from really investigating so many different plants, one one place would say it was safe. The next time I would read something, it would say, no, it's not safe. And, you know, what are you supposed to do? So I did come up with a solution after examining these numerous sources And then I talked to a lot of experts, and my recommendation is this. Check with your personal veterinarian before landscaping because your doctor is going to know your pet best. Many plants with no known toxicity could still cause an allergic reaction if it's under the right conditions. Uh, The juice or the sap from some plants, they contain oxalate crystals. They're shaped like little tiny needles. And that could result in irritation of the mouth or in severe instances cause swelling of the throat. And it could even cause breathing difficulties in your pet. Um, Exposure to selected juice or sap could also cause itching or a burning dermatitis, even though the plant is listed as safe. We just don't know. Now, minor toxicity plants, they may not cause any symptoms at all or They might induce mild vomiting or maybe even diarrhea. So major toxicity plants could have serious effects on body organs like the heart, the liver, the kidney. So just as each human reacts individually to any kind of stimuli, so do animals. And for this reason, a consultation with your veterinarian is advised. And of course, there are other circumstances we have to look at as well. Roses are considered healthy to eat for people and pets if they haven't been treated with pesticides, insecticides, or any other chemicals. However, a puncture wound from a thorn could cause irritation and pain in both humans and animals. And if my arms and legs are any indication, I can tell you that it hurts. But does this mean that we don't plant roses? Now, it's summer, and tomatoes, peppers, beans fill many gardens. And I have witnessed several friends' pets navigating their gardens, munching the ripe, juicy vegetables right from the vine. Now, the leaves of tomatoes, peppers, and potatoes, they contain solanine, and that can cause gastrointestinal distress. It can also slow the heartbeat. But beans can cause additional gas, you know, throw you a can of beans. That's like just give you gas. Uh, Potatoes need to be cooked before eating. So you can't just eat those raw. So does that mean because some of these vegetables could cause some distress that we don't plant vegetables? What about garlic and onions? Plants in the allium family can cause anemia in animals and Certain literature indicates that plants in this family should never be given to pets, yet garlic has been a medicinal food for centuries. It is rich in nutrients that boost immunity to numerous ailments. Our family feeds our animals small amounts of raw garlic as an agent to deter worms and repel ticks. Our pets have always been healthy, Um, and many places will say that garlic is fine in small amounts. So the level of danger must be weighed by you 
individually for your animals in concert with the expertise of your veterinarian. Now, I have always considered goats environmentally correct weed-eating and fertilizing animal machines. If you have ever witnessed hundreds of goats clearing a hillside of blackberry bushes, poison oak, and a variety of tall grasses, it is so easy to believe that these ruminants can and will consume anything and everything. Yet, there are over 700 species of plants that could cause toxicity in goats. Now, fortunately for them, they have an internal antenna that steers them away from the poisonous plants unless starvation is a factor. And at that point, they'd probably eat anything. I have three goats and they seem to eat everything. But I do have oleanders um, on the edges of my property line and none of the animals go near them. So they, they just innately know that that's poisonous. So I have a curated list of safe plants for pets. And when I say curated, I mean I culled this from numerous research. And with that being said, again, I want to say that remember you and your vet know your pet best. So you want to make sure to double check that your beloved friend isn't going to eat something harmful at home or while traveling or while visiting friends. So here, I'm just going to give you a few of the things that you can plant. Some of them are flowers. Some of them are herbs. I didn't include uh, trees. So Australomeria, aster, these are all the safe ones. Aster, petunias, bee balm, orchid. A lot of people think orchids are poisonous, but they're not. Status, rosemary, thyme. Calendula, which is also called pop marigold, sage, catnip, basil, lemon balm, and a lot of those are herbs, as you heard, canna lilies, camellias, fuchsias, lilac, nasturgeon, magnolia bushes, snapdragons, star jasmine, ginger lily, viburnum, African daisy, Bachelor buttons, which is also called cornflower, rabbit's foot fern, sword fern, celosia, chervil, which is a French parsley, huchera, which are coral bells, day lilies, Easter lilies, gloxinia, grape hyacinth, baby tears, which is a stone crop, hollyhock, ice plant, jasmine, crepe myrtle, mahonia, which is organ grape, Plumbago, rose, pincushion flower, stargazer lily, stevia, which is that sugar substitute. Ooh, stevia, you eat a leaf of stevia, it tastes just like sugar. It's really good. Strawberry, sunflower, sweet potato vine, coreopus, torch lily, which is red hot poker, and impatience. Now, I do grow just about all of these things. I don't have rabbit's foot fern. I'm just looking at my list. But I do grow every single one of these other things. However, I also have lots of poisonous plants. And currently, my landscape is full 
of a stunning sea of swaying naked ladies, and they are absolutely gorgeous. They're in the amaryllis genus, and it's a flowering bulb, but it contains a variety of toxic alkaloids, with the most prevalent being lycorrhine. And again, the lethality and uh, uh, the lethalness posed by pet ingestion is really contradictory, and the medical literature contains no pet-related cases reported. So some places say that it is highly poisonous, and others say it's highly poisonous, but it's never been documented. So I don't know. But fortunately, my pets aren't interested in this flower. But if you have animals that are nature nibblers, you need to exercise caution, not only in your garden, but when out on walks or hikes with your animals, or as I said, when you're visiting other people. I would hate for anyone to visit my garden with their pet and have the pet ingest something that is just so toxic because I do have lots of uh, plants that are on the toxic list. So do your homework and this way you will keep your plants and your pets safe from poisoning. And in case I didn't say it enough, talk to your vet. Your vet is going to be your best resource on keeping your pets safe. So happy gardening and happy growing. And for more information or to read um, to read any articles that I write about gardening, because I am called the Goddess Gardener and I write garden articles for the newspaper, plus I have books on gardening, visit CynthiaBryan.com. You can click on the gardening section or you can just buy my books under the Star Style store. So you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We're coming to you live on the Voice American Network, and we'll be back with a business bite. Stay with us. Change your world, change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. The best managers share one skill. They know what their most important responsibilities are. As a manager, it is critical to make a list of your business activities, decide which ones you will be personally responsible for, focus on those, and delegate the other tasks. Avoid being distracted by interesting work problems that devour time, but are not that valuable. To obtain desired behavior from your team, you need to reward them. And this is the most powerful rule, yet the most overlooked and ignored in companies. Don't put caps on performance bonuses or you'll cap the performances as well. Rewards don't have to be financial. Acknowledgements and thank yous in public situations are powerful reinforcers of desired behavior. The best managers make sure their team is appreciated and acknowledged regularly. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan, Bryan with an I, dot com. Be the star you are. The star you The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. 
a top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, thanks to innovation in technology, materials, and creative thinking, our outdoor living spaces have really become our new living room, especially when it is summer and it is warm and we can have a, you know, a really nice time outside if it's not too warm and if it's not too muggy. And we can kind of have an, you know, a resort inspired place to gather, to lounge, to dine. So um, two decades ago, uh, there was a man named Richard Frenier, and he conceived of two all-weather furniture collections for Century Furniture. And it helped to usher in uh, that whole idea of bringing the interiors into the outdoor world. And interesting enough, one of the pieces at when I was doing interior design that I actually bought from Century about, oh, maybe about eight, 18 years ago, was this fabulous double lounge chair that with a big thick pad that it was just so comfortable <laughs> that you want, you know, it was for outside, but it was really nice looking. It wasn't uh, cheapo looking or, and it was just comfortable, but it was so interesting because that, that piece alone that conjured up this resort feeling, but I was at home. So it was really engineered for full-time outdoor use. But it was designed in a way that would really satisfy Century's furniture interiors focused following. And they actually hit the mark so precisely that the the plush lounge chair with architectural detailing was rejected from an outdoor furnishing design competition one year because it was thought to have been mistakenly entered in the wrong category. But the reality was is that They were just ahead of their time. Now, fast forward to today, and there isn't any threshold dividing interior and exterior rooms and spaces. I was reading um, a design column recently where one designer was saying, please, let's keep keep the sofas in the living room, you know, and the patio furniture outside. But these, these don't look... They're comfortable like indoor um, sofas, but they have a different, you know, there's a different feel to them. A lot of them have a rattan around them or something. So, I mean, I really like the whole idea of bringing it out. And since uh, Frenier designed his, there have been so many other pioneering collections um, and so many other outdoor players like 
Brown Jordan, Pavilion, Sombrella, D-Dawn. What's happened is the outdoor room has become really and truly the new living room of the home. And throughout the country, new homes are designed, built, and remodeled around the outdoor space. And they include weather resistance and performance upholstered furnishings, kitchens, tables, fire and water features. They even have floor lamps, umbrellas, um, pavilion shade structures, and some of them even will have uh, durable art and outdoor televisions. It's There's no longer a trend. It's actually become a lifestyle choice and an opportunity for designers to offer their clients the total resort at home or live, work, play environment completely reimagined with furnishings that are going to accessorize the largest outdoor room or a rooftop. Um, I mean, it can even be a balcony. It doesn't really matter. We we just had um, an, an outdoor dinner with some friends we haven't seen since for many years, you know, um, partly because of the pandemic, but partly because they had moved away. But they had moved into a new house uh, pre-pandemic. And it came with the whole outdoor kitchen and an outdoor fireplace and, you know, the whole the whole resort thing. It was really, really beautiful. So um, because we are trying to flow interiors and exteriors together with the landscape, what we're finding is that comfortable, well-made furniture that can withstand the brutal year-round sun like California's or Arizona's or New Mexico's with custom seating built into hardscape walls, with edible gardens, with water features that enliven the space and nourish visiting birds and squirrels. They're all signature design strategies that, um, that many architects and designers are now implementing. Any feature is intentional and has purpose. And if shade is needed or vines like grapes or passion fruit need to grow, then they'll introduce a pergola. And it's really wonderful to keep the keep it simple, but it's outdoors. Like I do have a pergola over my deck and I have three different things growing on it. I have grapes and wisteria and um, and a bonica flower. And I was sure the wisteria would kill everything because it really is a twining vine, but it's interesting. They all are surviving. And they all thrive at different parts of the year. So it gives year-round beauty. So well, some of the things that um, we have to create as a mantra is in working from necessity and keeping it simple as outside is we want to have a sustainable approach to design. Because even if you're just outside sitting on a blanket, um, that is like the epitome of green living. I, as I said this morning, Early, I was watching double rainbows. I was just sitting on my looking at the clouds, and there I saw a double rainbow. And it's so great because uh, that's part of my meditation to get fresh air, natural light, um, not using any grid energy. I mean, we have to remember the earth has bond, you know, just so much energy where if you place your feet or spine on it, it literally feels like you are recharging. So the other thing we want to do with our outdoor spaces to make them like our living room is to keep them clutter-free, make them feel fresh. They should be easy to clean. And um, you have to make places for relaxation. We live in such a hectic world right now. And that not that a hallmark of any good getaway? You just want to recharge, uh, just 
kick back, just let the world go by, right? We don't want to think about work and all the issues or all the tech issues that can happen. So you have to have a place to relax. And if you're surrounded by like an edible garden and you have solar lighting for when it's dark, you're really exercising sustainability in its highest form. So I really like this whole idea of creating the sovereignty with nature. It's a strong concept. And if we can integrate nature into like every aspect of our lives, then we're going to have a lifestyle that will embrace the beauty of the outdoors and it will resonate truly with our souls. So when it comes to creating an oasis in our own backyard, homeowners seem to want to invest in furniture that's not only beautiful, but it will be durable, functional, and above all, comfortable. Often uh, what homeowners are more willing to take a risk and make a bolder design choice for the outside than they would perhaps for the inside. Because, um, you know, they think, okay, well, it's the outside. I can be a little bit wild. That's cool. I really love that. Color brings projects to life and it lights up a space and you can add depth or create, you know, an eye-catching moment. When I say that I like to bring the inside out, um, what I usually do when I'm designing a garden design or I was doing interior design, I would, I would look at what was outside. What are the colors, the shapes, the textures that are outside? And then incorporate those inside. And then vice versa. If, you have, uh, if you're starting from the inside and you have nothing outside, then if these are the colors you like, what about incorporating them outside so that your eye is going to be elongated and you'll feel like you have so much more space, especially in times now where we so many people are living in really, really tiny apartments or tiny houses or, you know, you don't have enough space. So you want to just create or select colors that are playful and then make your space feel bold, you know, bold and beautiful. Uh, And of course, you can do the tried and true very sophisticated neutrals, you know, and you can do muted blues and greens that blends in with the landscape and they're very sought after. Also the kitchen, I don't have an outdoor kitchen. I have a tiny barbecue, but uh, I always wanted to put one in, but you know, now I don't want to do that much entertaining. I'm getting tired of cooking, but most people had always considered the kitchen, the heart of the home. But for young people uh, that are buying homes now and for people who really like to entertain and live in an area where the weather is comfortable, the outdoor kitchen is quickly creating its own pulse as an outdoor entertaining and living space, like a a must-have room. And fully equipped outdoor kitchens are giving homeowners that same level of functionality that they have indoors. They can, you know, they have cooking appliances, they have grills, smokers, pizza ovens, they have burners, um, they have refrigeration, some have freezers, there's countertops, and all of these are resistant to heat, cold, UV rays, abrasions, and, and stains. And I have found a lot of uh, people who have young children who are definitely going to be uh, entertaining, they are all, <clears throat> all putting in these um, outdoor 
spaces of kitchens and living rooms. And of course, there's an extensive variety of, of styles and all kinds of things that you can do. So if you are thinking about all of this, just know that the outdoor room has become the new living room and the new kitchen of the home. So that is our show for today. So definitely bring the inside out and the outside in. And thank you for listening to me every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Live here on the Voice America Network. And then, of course, archived. And you can listen anytime, anywhere from whatever device you want. And you will always be inspired and informed. At least I hope so. That is my goal. For more information about Star Style Productions, or Cynthia Bryan, or to get any of my books, visit CynthiaBryan.com. If you are uh, interested in anything that Be The Star You Are is doing, if you want to sponsor an event or volunteer at the Pear Festival, make a donation, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Again, I hope that you have been informed, maybe motivated a bit, hopefully encouraged, and would love you to read a book this week. And go ahead and pre-order this first book in the series. You'll get a first edition autographed with lots of goodies. Uh, no Barnyard Bullies. And the story is delightful. And my illustrator, Jensen Russell, is incredible. Again, I want to thank the La Mirinda Weekly and MB Jesse Painting for uh, agreeing to sponsor Pear Festival booths. And until next week, when you and I celebrate again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetic, authentic self. Just shine. Until next week, have a good one. Be the star you are. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.